Hello and welcome to the Chip Away podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. My guest for this episode is Brooke, Sparky Girl NZ. Brooke is an apprentice electrician working in paradise down in Queenstown, New Zealand. Through her Instagram page at NZ. She's been documenting her journey in the construction industry, being a powerful voice for women in trades and mental health advocacy. Brooke has a brilliant story, an eventful past and a really exciting future. I'm stoked to be able to share all of that with you. So get ready for some inspiration and positive vibes from Sparky Girl NZ. Brooke, how's it going? Thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you getting on here. You've had a busy week. Um, you've made some new friends. I've seen one of your stories the other day. You had a couple of dogs um, <laughs> trying to show you the ropes. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it was great, Adam. Like, I can't get enough of dogs on site. They are just so adorable. They make your day. So Yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I want to dig back into your past and um, kind of get a sense of how you how you got into the trades because I think your story is really interesting. It, it resonates with a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, what what made you choose the Sparky path and, and how did that all come about? Yeah, people always ask me this on site. They're like, how come you're a Sparky? Because obviously I'm not the typical looking tradesman. Mm. Um, and I like to tell them a little story about when I was a kid, I used to walk up a hill home from school and one day I got struck by lightning and ever since then I've just had a desire to be an electrician, which is always gets a bit of a laugh, but it's not true. Yeah. Um, but I literally am like a lot of people is I sort of fell into it accidentally and ended up just loving it. Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, my mum used to say I was a jack of all trades, master of nothing because I used to play like 10 sports a year and mm. I used to want to do like dance. And then one day I'd want to do like rugby and the next day I'd want to do like art. And mm. she couldn't never keep track of me because I just just want to have my finger in every pie and do every activity I could. Mm -hmm. And her after school drop offs, like that woman is a legend. <laughs> I cannot believe she put up with me and all the sports I used to play and things like that. So it was quite funny that she always used to say when I was a kid, you're a jack of all trades mm -hmm. because then I ended up becoming a shady. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's been really cool. Like I, I, um, I went into high school and I just felt like very class clown, like cheeky one, always mm -hmm. cracking jokes and getting, you know, sent out to the hallway and stuff like that. And um, I just wasn't really happy at high school when I was younger um, and my mum actually moved to Perth when I was about 13. So I actually ended up going with her. So I left New Zealand and went and lived in Perth and loved it. Like it was like a new start. My high school was a sports college. So I played netball, mm -hmm. um, like full on netball and water polo and just got really into school for the first time. Like I was just so committed and interested and that ended up flowing on to like being head girl of my high school. Wow. And I ended up getting top of a few subjects when I graduated, um, like English, which is 
really ironic because then I ended up um, getting diagnosed with dyslexia a few months ago that I never knew I had 22 years on this earth and not one person had picked up on it. So that was really crazy too. Um, So yeah, like I I did really well at high school. I worked with some senators in Australia and a speech I wrote got read out in parliament and, you know, went away to the Western front and did all these incredible things and my mum really thought I was going to be a politician at that point (laughs) because I just loved people and I loved improving things and I saw problems in my school or in society and I wanted to sort of fight for it Mm -hmm. um and then I came back and reality hit that I needed a lot of money to go to university um And so I worked really hard and I couldn't really get any scholarships because I wasn't Australian. Mm. And that's a lot of things people don't realize is like Kiwis get a real raw deal in Australia. Mm -hmm. You know, we pay taxes, we live there for years and years, but we still don't get the same like equality as Australians, which is fair enough because we weren't born there. But Mm -hmm. it's really hard for someone like me who came over when I was safe. 14 and still couldn't even go to university without having to pay international fees. Um, So actually a lot of people I got involved with actually offered to help pay for my university um, through the politics I was involved in, which I thought was really lovely, but I could never take anyone else's money. I really wanted to make my own way. Mm -hmm. Um, And just before I finished high school in Australia, Um, or after actually in December, I ended up going to Laos in Thailand and Mm. working with uh, a charity that worked with um, deaf children in Laos. So I was really thrown again. And then I thought I wanted to be a doctor because I used to um, translate for the deaf kids and I learned sign language to communicate with them. Um, So that was so enriching and I just loved it. And then I thought, right, I'm going to be a doctor. Um, and then, so I came back and I decided that the best bet was to go to Otago university. So then I tried to come home to New Zealand and do health science. And they mm-hmm. told me I was too young because I was still only 17 at this point. Mm. So they said, why don't you go finish high school in New Zealand? Do year 13. And I thought, oh, that'd be funny, you know, graduate in two countries. <laughs> um, so I came back, I did year 13 in Invercargill with where my dad lived and, um, mm-hmm finished high school there, didn't do spectacularly well, but, you know, got by, got my UE, got everything I needed and Mm. then decided, yep, so I'm going to go study medicine. And then someone popped into my life and said, would you like to go on exchange? And I said, oh, I'm too old, aren't I? And they said, no, you can still go. And I said, okay, sweet. So then they said, would you like to go to Chile in South America? And I said, yeah, sure thing. (laughs) So then I ditched the uni plan um, and took off to South America. And I can remember in high school, my coordinators and my teachers were like, you know, Brooke, what are you going to do when you finish high school? And to every one of them until the last day of school, I said, oh, I'm going to Otago and I'm going to study health science, become a doctor. And they would all clap, 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 clap. Good work, Brooke. We're so proud. And then the last day of school, I turned to my teacher and I said, I'm moving to South America. Ciao. And I ditched and I ran because I didn't want that judgment of, you know, you're not going to be anything if you don't go to uni. I Mm. hated that idea. I just Mm. had always been such a outlier with everything I had done in my life I didn't really just want to continue following the trend and follow my friends to uni just to drink and piss up on the weekend and Mm -hmm. you know I wanted to be a bit different 
so yeah, then I ended up in South America and I spent a year there and in Chile and learned Spanish and that was my home and I loved that country and then I came back and I was like right back to square one like Mm. what am I going to do with my life I have no bloody idea I felt so lost and so many people who talked to me whether they go to uni or whether they're just working um, a job in their hometown or whether they're a tradie so many of them say to me like I felt so so lost or I I do feel lost still Mm. in what I'm going to do with my life and it's Mm. such like that huge decision so it can be like super intimidating I think oh yeah and so I came back I worked at a hotel I hated it um I was trying to figure out how to get enough money to go to uni um, and was just struggle, struggle, struggle. And then I saved enough money and then I decided that I was going to do the Te Araha Trail. Mm. So I was going to walk the whole of New Zealand, you know, wow. another random And um, I gave up on that idea pretty quickly because I realized that um, I didn't actually like walking that much. <laughs> Uh, so, so I decided I'll just do the South Island. So I flew to Wellington and then I flew to Nelson and I did the, um, Abel Tasman walk, which is the most beautiful walk, highly recommended to anyone listening. It is my number one favorite spot in New Zealand. I did that for five days and then I bought a car and then I decided I was quite sick of walking. So I was just going to drive the South Island. (laughs) (laughs) So I I drove down the rest of the South Island and I got to Dunedin and I got super drunk on House High Friday. I was so, so drunk. I didn't even make it to town. I ended up going home and just spewing my guts out all night, you know, just (laughs) typical uni life. And I realized that, you know, this could have been my life had I not gone to South America. And do you know what? I I was probably quite glad I took the path I did. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I was like, this is not something I want to do. I don't want to go to uni. Like this is not a place I want to be in stress and study all the time. I want something more out of life. Um, and so I was traveling home that day with my boyfriend at the time. And I said to him, like, what do you like about your job? Mm -hmm. And he was an apprentice electrician Mm. and he was like, Oh, every day is different. No one can take my qualification away from me. You know, um, I get to help friends and family. I work from hospitals to meat factories to houses. You can do anything you want with it. And I was just like, wow, this sounds great. This sounds exactly what I'm like. I want something different every day. I Mm -hmm. want skills that no one can take away from me. I want to stay in my hometown, you Mm -hmm. know, like and hang out with my family and be with my friends. And I was like, this sounds great. Like, why am I not doing this? Mm-hmm. So I had never thought about doing a trade up until then. Not a single time in mm-hmm. my whole life was <laughs> it ever, it, like, ever even a consideration, like, oh, I could be a builder or mm. I could be a sparky. It just didn't exist. And I think that's why a lot of girls don't get into trades is because they don't even realize it's an actual option for mm-hmm. a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was super cool. So I was like, Oh, I'd actually probably quite like to be a Sparky like or a builder. Um, and I realized that Sparky's got paid a bit more. So then I decided <laughs> that I'd be a Sparky. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, cool. so I went and did a trial day with him and loved it. And I was in a roof space in summer with um, 
like flies everywhere in the mm. roof space. And I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> this is great. Quite like this. So yeah, I signed my life away and became a Sparky. So it was a very weird, wild ride to get into my trade. But I think as I'm saying from my past, like it suits me. Yeah. Um, I've always absolutely. had a weird, weird way of doing stuff and I've just fell into this. So yeah, it's been great. It sounds perfect, but I'm afraid yeah. of what you're going to do next. You're going to, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I get too bored too easily. So, mm. um, I definitely can't wait to see what else I'll dream up with. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, <laughs> So what, what's it been like so far? So you're an apprentice. What, how many years are you through your apprenticeship? I think I'm about two and a half years in, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. It's been, it's been the hardest two and a half years of my life. Mm. Um, and I have learned so much about men <laughs> um, yeah. and also about, you know, how the world sort of turns. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been, it's been really interesting. I'd say the first year of my apprenticeship was definitely, um, definitely really difficult. I think a lot of, I've learned a lot of lessons that hopefully other girls won't have to learn Mm -hmm. just with lack of support and, um, a lot of harassment that I just did not know how to deal with. Right. Um, and I think uh, like every, probably every female in a trade would be able to tell you at least one story of some sort of harassment and it takes you a while or a number of years or maybe never to be able to stand up and tell that person just to piss off. Mm -hmm. Um, usually in the first couple of months, like I had a guy slap my ass at work, um, which is like pretty shocking. But at the time I thought it was an accident. Like I wasn't actually sure. Mm -hmm. And he was a bit weird. Um, And I I sort of just turned my head like very slowly. And I looked at him and I was like, "Um, no. Mm -hmm. I just, I was in pure shock. Like I I didn't know what to say. And I'm not a confrontation person at all Mm. and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and I went home and I said to my sister and my dad I was like oh this guy at work like he slapped my ass like that was so strange like and we kind of made a joke of it and I kind of just ignored it and I remember telling someone else on site like oh that guy slapped my ass and they were like oh he's got a crush on you like don't sweat it like and and I think he did have a crush on me at the time but also, I was just like so not interested. Like I had a boyfriend and everything like that, which is beside the point. Mm. But I dealt with the harassment by telling my friends and family, making a joke out of it. And then I thought to myself, do I report this? Mm-hmm. And I would go, no, I don't think I will. Like, I don't think that guy should lose his job just because of a one-time slap. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's what a lot of females do is we go, oh, yeah, it was a little bit of harassment. It probably should be reported, but I don't want that guy to lose his job or I don't want that guy's wife to leave him mm. or that guy has kids. Like, I don't want them to suffer. So we sort of like internalize it and then we come out as very passive. And mm. that's why a lot of guys get away with things. True. Um, and, and I want to note, and I get a lot of 
guys get a lot of slack for harassment on the sites and it creates a huge divide between men and women but it's literally a few bad eggs there are 99 percent of the people i have worked with i have talked to are genuine guys who have my back who support women in trades who are always going to be behind us Mm -hmm. and then there's just a few douchebags that ruined the good name for everyone else. And I feel like men are getting really villainized at the moment in the trades as well, which really annoys me because I've been probably on the worst side of the harassment stuff, but Mm. I still think men are my biggest supporters. So Mm. like, I think that that's really important to note as well as like, yep, I'll talk about the harassment and the crap stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to drag anyone through the mud and generalize a whole group of people. Yeah. Good on you. Well said. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, men are great. Men have taught me everything I know in the trade. So I'm definitely, you know, supporting them. Yeah. Have you had a chance to work with other women in your day to day as well? Like, is that something that's happening more or, or not yet? Um, it's really cool in Queenstown because in my hometown, um, it's quite a, it's a great place to live. I loved it, but it's very little bit backwards because mm. there is a lack of youth. So I really didn't know any other, I didn't know any qualified female tradesmen of any kind. I only knew one other female apprentice who actually worked at the same company as me, Taylor, and she was awesome. We used to love working together. We used to have the best time and it was just always a good day when I got to work with her, but it was very far and few between. Um, But when I moved up to Queenstown, my sister showed me this Instagram page called She Builds Bro. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I had seen another female apprentice who was my age and was like me. And I was like, oh my God, like there are other girls out there. Like I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could not believe it. And then I would come onto sites in Queenstown and there'd be a female painter mm. and a female data girl and um, a female builder or a female like plasterer. And I was like, oh, I'd almost want to run up to them and like give them a hug. Like it sounds so stupid, but you're like, you must just want to like wave to them and say hi because you're so excited to see another girl on site. Yeah, that's cool. It's like it a wee so secret cool. society or something like that. You guys, yeah, like we have on. a little handshake and we like to <laughs> wink when we walk on site. But it's it is really cool. You kind of do make eye contact and like kind of half smile at each other when you see each other on site, just because you know, like it's like the sisterhood of the tradie girls, you know. For sure, yeah, <laughs> the tradie lady club, hundred yeah. percent. And you would have seen heaps of that on Instagram as well with all the tradie ladies. Oh yeah, it's great. I, I'm I'm loving it. I'm getting exposure to that. I mean, I've worked with women um, on site before, and I've always had great experiences. Um, yeah, that that um, at least in my own experience, um, they're really so enthusiastic about their jobs, which is fun because there's no end of grumpy old men in construction industry. So, anyone who has that passion, similar to yours, whether male or female, it's fun to be around, um, and it gets you excited about what you're doing every day. So, yeah, it's really fun watching all of that on Instagram. It's a hoot. Um, yeah, I love yeah. it. So, so what's your what's your favorite thing about being a tradie lady, and then your least favorite thing? Um, I think my favorite thing 
breaking the stereotype because mm-hmm. I work so hard and I, you know, have my online platform and I'm doing so many things. It's because I want to create a positive stereotype about mm-hmm. women in trades. I want people to say like, yeah, I had a female apprentice, man, she worked her ass off or like I had a female apprentice and she was onto it and I, and she was good chat and you know, she was nice and she brought us baking on Fridays. Cause sometimes I boys would bring the boys baking on Fridays, but like, <laughs> I just want them to be like, she's such a good apprentice and then positively talk to their outer circles about that one female apprentice mm-hmm. so that it becomes almost like a stereotype that females are great apprentices and they're hungry for it and they do a great job and they're keen to learn mm-hmm. rather than, Oh, she got pregnant. She left her apprenticeship. Oh, right. she got her period and she didn't come to work. And, Oh, you know, she slept with the boys in the workshop or whatever negative connotation there is. And mm-hmm. like the gossip about women in trades tr- will be trumped by they are so good at what they do Mm. so like that's something that drives me massively and that stereotype is like one of my favorite things when i hear at work like she works hard she's a great apprentice Mm -hmm. that's my favorite thing about being a female in the trades is when i hear that yeah definitely but yeah that's awesome have you ever heard any uh good stereotypes about women in the trades you know, when I think of it, and I don't know if you kind of can relate, but um, I always think of it like um, perhaps women in the trades feel like they have a little bit of that chip on their shoulder because that they are kind of a rarity in the trade. And, and like you say, when you get that kind of positive reinforcement of, oh, she's a hard worker, oh, she's great at her job, I feel like to say, oh, she she's good for a girl, you know what I mean? Um, or, yeah. oh, yeah, she does well for a female. I feel like that's kind of maybe something that has to change. I think you should just look at the apprentice or the builder or who the tradesperson in front of you and think, are they competent in their job? Can they do it to the level required? You know, do they turn up early every day and work hard? And really that's kind of it instead of thinking like, oh yeah, she's okay for a check. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I think that's something that, I think that'll just happen over time where there's more females. Like you say, when people are exposed to channels like yours or um, uh, She Builds Bro and, and that plastering girl and people think, oh, hang on, this is an option. Like, I can actually go out and do this and you know get qualified and do well and earn good money and um, have an interesting job. Like um, That's what Holly was saying when I was interviewing her. She was saying, you know, um, most girls just don't even consider it an option or it's not there in high schools or you're not really being pushed at, at all as a as a place to take your career. So hopefully that can just, you know, anyone can have a crack at it. And it's true, I've worked with with female builders who can lift frames just as well as the lads can. So there's <laughs> there's really, there's no kind of excuses or there's, yeah, to get after it. Yeah. So yeah, I love and like, it. What you were saying about Holly is like, um, definitely it annoys me when I see like the group of girls who you know didn't go to uni Mm -hmm. and now they are like lost especially in my hometown Mm -hmm. there was like okay so I have to stay in my hometown because um my family's sick or I I don't have enough money or I have you know a kid or I have obligation to stay in my hometown Mm -hmm. so all the girls who don't go to uni 
they get pushed into really low wage jobs that don't educate them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, something like maybe office work or, um, I don't know, maybe supermarket, retail, something that they don't necessarily want to do, but it's a job Mm -hmm. and they sort of get lost and they don't really upskill because they're stuck in this, you know, sort of one tier job. Mm-hmm. And then the boys who stay in the hometown, they all become plumbers and builders and sparkies. And after three years, they're on 80 grand and they're raking it in. Mm. And after three years, that girl's still stuck in retail or whatever job she may not enjoy. And she's stuck on 20 grand a year. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the wage inequality coming from between genders mm. is because those people who don't go to uni, women are you know, expected or maybe pushed into a sort of low income job. And then Mm -hmm. men are pushed into the trades and they earn bank. And I was like, this is absolute bullshit. Why should I stay in my hometown and earn, you know, literally nothing at the job I was working at? We were on just the minimum wage Mm -hmm. where I could work, you know, for minimum wage or even more. And then after three years, be on, you know, the same money as a lawyer. Like, Mm -hmm. it just blew my mind. I was like, well, if we're just going to talk economics, why would I do a job that I don't like for no money when I could do a job that I don't like for lots of money? Turns out I did like that job, so it was really convenient for me. But, like, that's how I see it, is, like, we are just getting those women who didn't go to uni and we're just throwing them away when they have brains and talent and they could do so much and we have such a huge gap in the trades Mm -hmm. we need construction workers we need people who are qualified Mm -hmm. so why not access that group of people who are being left out and push them into trades and then give them a good life yeah it's a win-win absolutely yeah i wonder how we do that i wonder if that's kind of up to the schools and and the politics to promote that a lot more and and the fantastic thing about a trade you know even if um, a, a young woman is coming out of high school maybe they kind of have in their head that they want to go down a traditional path and find someone and, and get married and have kids one day you've still got plenty of time three four five years to get your apprenticeship get that qualification before all of that and then maybe after you've had done that had kids and, and whatever you, your life goes in different directions you've always got that qualification under your belt um, and you can always Amen. get back into it and make good money, you know? So, and yeah, it's a win-win. Absolutely. Um, so let's carry on. Um, I want to kind of ask, I know earlier on you were saying, um, who knows what you're going to do next, but I wonder if you have any maybe future goals within the industry, um, for yourself or even for the platform that you're kind of, um, really growing at the moment and pushing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, before COVID, I Mm. was so driven. I really wanted to get qualified, get a few years of experience. And then I wanted to go out on my own and start my own company because Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a woman on Instagram. um, I think it's Lady Spark and she owns her own company in Tauranga. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could have cried. Like, I don't think people understand how much it means to women, especially in my position, to see a woman owning her own electrical business and running her own jobs. Like Mm -hmm. that to me, 
I had never seen before in my life. And that really meant so much because I was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. It's been done. Mm -hmm. Like I am not the first. So that gave me a lot of drive. And I was like, a hundred percent, I want to have my own business. That's my goal. Um, But now with COVID, it's obviously been, obviously been quite a stressful time to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of gone, okay, reality check. I need to work really hard. I need to get a good, you know, four or five years of experience at least and have the funds to then push me into that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be naive and just run into it and think it's going to be all like daisies and sunshine. Like it's going to be stressful and there are going to be hard times, but that's a huge goal of mine. Um, If not, I would love to do some sort of like mentorship program. As you're saying, like, how do we get girls into trades? Like Mm -hmm. even going around schools and talking or doing some sort of more engagement on social media because everyone's on social media. So Mm -hmm. those are like a few of my goals that I really want to reach. Um, I have a lot of drive. I've got a lot of energy. I'm young. You know, this is the time to work hard so that, you know, I can buy my parents a holiday house on the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want to take care of the people that I love. So that's probably why I work so hard. And it's so funny because I hate studying, Mm -hmm. but when I think about like getting qualified, I think I need to get qualified because I really do want to support my family. So like, that's a really good drive. If I don't want to study, I think like, oh, you know, but how good would it be to take mum on a holiday? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll go study. So it's it's a, it's a good trick for anyone who needs um, a bit of kick up the ass to get on their bookwork. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of an apprenticeship. You're getting paid while you're doing it. You know, in school, you can't really see any point to a lot of it um, if you're not that way inclined. So mm-hmm. yeah, when you're doing your bookwork as you're, and as an apprentice, you're getting paid. It's, it's, it's ideal. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I think I think you'd be well suited to that kind of mentor role. I mean, you're you're already doing it um, through your social media platform. We're and trying. I, yeah, I think you're doing a great job, you know. And yeah. and it, it it makes sense instead of kind of waiting for these schools and institutions to do it. Why not just take the initiative and and do it yourself, like you are? Um, and you know, I wonder if you've had any feedback from from your fellow kind of women in trades or even uh, women who are thinking about moving into a trade through your social media kind of content that you're putting out, whether you've had anything like, Hey, you know, Brooke inspired me to, to take up the tool belt or something like that. Um, have you? Yeah, I've, got a, I've, I've, I've been real lucky. Like I've had a lot of people message me and say like, Hey, I'm looking at doing a trade, like do you have advice? Mm. So I'll send them like a voice message or um, message something out just to be like, you know, realistically, these are the ideals. And then back them up with like, you know, as long as you have a good attitude and as long as you want to do this, like it's, it's kind of funny because the first year of my apprenticeship, I really didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. And I thought it was the work, but it was the company I was with. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I realized that, that's when I moved up to Queenstown. So like, you know, it's really cool to have my page built from when I moved up to Queenstown and have all those people message me and really build that like community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, hopefully inspire some people by just being visibly an electrician. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it sounds a bit cheesy. Like I think of people like, I don't know, 
Mother Teresa or like Ma- Martha Luton King. And I think I'm not, <laughs> not an inspiration, like nowhere near it, but you know, just doing my thing and being visible in my community, like that small effort always goes a long way. I think so. I think just giving people that behind the scenes look of, of what every day um, entails as well as a, as a tradesperson, you know, we didn't really have that um, a few years ago, but yeah, now it's great. I mean, there's, there's full on, like we know what people are doing every single day, like yourself, you're putting up videos and yeah, there's, there's no end of kind of um, exposure, which is awesome. And, and like we were saying earlier about that, people don't even think it's an option because they don't see it or they're not, it's not advertised, but you know, with a kind of swipe on your phone, you can see exactly what it looks like every day. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm wondering as well, you, as well as kind of promoting women in trades and, and, um, what you do on your platform, you're also quite interested in the mental health, um, side of thing within our industry. Um, you have a page toolbox, talk it's toolbox talk isn't it yeah yeah um and yeah you're you're putting the odd thing out on there and then also on your main page you're doing a lot of stuff about that i just wonder if you've had um really any thoughts on on the kind of current situation um post covid and and what that's maybe done to the tradies mental health i know it's a it's a problem that runs pretty deep in our industry um and yeah, males are classically not all that great at helping themselves out in that area. Um, so yeah, like someone like yourself, who's really kind of out there and, and happy to promote that sort of thing. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, I was wondering if you have anything yeah. to say on that. Yeah, it's been a really interesting couple of months for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've been a bit dishonest on the Instagram because I just didn't know how to talk about it. But like Mm. the last couple of months, I've not couple of months, but, um, I've just been like quite, quite depressed, like in and out of quite just bad depressions. Mm Um, and I just really like couldn't figure out why. And at the time I thought, oh, you know, I had like um, a lease and flat dilemma and drama and that really put me down. And Mm -hmm. the thought of losing my apprenticeship like really put me down. I just felt like I had no drive in life. And right before we went into level three, so the last two weeks of level four, like I I was fully depressed and I knew it because I'd Mm -hmm. been there before. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so hopeless and I was like I'm gonna lose my job you know the world's turning to garbage and I know a lot of people like every single person I talked to tradie or non-tradie was like yep I had some sort of mental breakdown during level four you know we've all been there I threw a plate at the wall you know like whatever story people would tell me and I didn't feel so alone anymore because I had put so much pressure on myself and then to be so depressed felt like I was losing, like I was, you know, like failing somehow at life. Mm. Um, And then to hear everyone else was going through the same shit just really made me feel so much better. And I've had like my um, mental health in the past was really bad. And it's been really interesting because up until I entered the trades, I really didn't have any mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. And 
I really attribute that to when I first came into the trades, I was so shocked at how terrible men treated each other (laughs) and then in turn treated me because they were treating me like one of the boys. And I was like, is this what being a boy is like? This is shit. You know, I'd grown up like all girly and cuddles and roses and pats on the backs and gold stars. And then you go into the trades and everyone's screaming at each other and gossiping boys are terrible men are terrible for bitching about each other you know they give girls a bad rap oh my god men in the (laughs) trades like and you know just put each other down and stuff and I I just like I couldn't believe it and it just sort of spiraled because my first company I worked for like honestly when I look back I just feel sick about it all it was just Mm. really hard for me to speak up because I knew like some days would be great and I'd be in a great job and I'd be working with someone I liked. And then the next two weeks would be working on a shit job with someone I didn't like who treated me real crap. And it was such like a toxic work environment for me in this company, you know, people have their own stories. They might really like working there and that's great for them. But for me, I was just had such a terrible time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such like a boys club, you know, mm-hmm. it was, they were made very clear. Like they didn't want me there. Um, cause I remember one time one boy let slip, like they were having a barbecue after work or something. And one of the boys, eyes sort of darted towards me and looked like, you know, she's not supposed to know she's not invited sort of thing. Mm. And like, I didn't care. I had better things to do with my time than drink with these guys. Like I had nothing in common with, you know, but <laughs> it was just the exclusion that hurt. Mm. And I know like a lot of women will feel that in the trades, like not necessarily, you know, blank, black and white harassment or blank, black and white bullying, but that exclusion that like uh, for me and one of the boys to grab a drink after work, like that would be a bit, a bit sifty. Mm. But if it was, John and Liam grabbing a drink after work. No one will bat an eye. Right. So it's just like those little exclusions that like build up and you just feel, end up feeling like so lonely at Mm. work because you Mm. just feel like you can't be friends with anyone at work. And that's just like kind of how I felt for me. Like Mm -hmm. I just felt so disliked and I'd never sort of been disliked in my life before. I'd always found it like really easy to make friends and I'd always been kind to people and yeah, it was just like, it was just set me into such a bad mindset just being in that company. I just felt so, so utterly depressed. And like, there was a lot of other things going on in my life. Like my first boyfriend and a good friend of mine killed himself. So that really like, that really was shocked me for the first time. And it was the first person I'd ever known to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So that like, that like really set me back at the same time, you know, I was getting sexually harassed at work and, you know, like um, just like the pressures of everything and feeling so alone. And, you know, I broke up with my partner and it just was just a huge like spiral. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, I wanted to just burst into tears And I didn't want to do this apprenticeship anymore. I hated it. I hated everything about it. I just was so poor because I was getting paid so low that I couldn't move away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to give up and let everyone down. So I was just like thrown back and forth. And I can remember coming home from work. Like every day I'd come home from work and I'd burst into tears and I'd 
be like to my dad, I don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to do this. I hate this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. And he would be like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And then one day I came home and I was like, I hate this job. I can't do this anymore. I'm miserable. Like I'm at the end of anything. Like I just had no hope left. And he was like, well, what the hell are you going to do about it? Like he got mad. I think Mm. he was just sick of me coming home and just being so miserable. And he was sort of like in a, he felt so desperate for me too, because he wanted to help me, but he just like didn't know what to do anymore. Cause mm-hmm. I was just so far gone. Like I was just in a black pit of depression, like come home at four 30 and just go to sleep. Like oh, it was man. bad. It was real yeah. bad. And, and he was just like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do to change it? Mm-hmm. And it was like, a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, I can't keep coming home every day complaining and I can't keep being miserable and I can't keep this facade up. Like I need to make a change. Mm -hmm. I need to change something. And that's when I was like, I need to move out of this town. Like I need to change companies. I need to do something different because if I don't change anything, I'm going to die. Like I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be here to mm. change anything. Like I need to do it. So I was like, I need to get out. And then I think I went on my block course and a friend, a friend's room came up in Queenstown for rent. And they were like, Oh, Brooke, like I said, oh, I want it. And they said, yeah, we'll save it for you. Cause we know you and we'd rather live with you. Mm-hmm. And then I walked into my company and I said, I'm moving to Queenstown in two weeks. <laughs> um, that's it. Like I'm gone. Yeah. And so I moved to Queenstown and it was the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. I ever did with my life. Like I was, I've been so blissfully happy for the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's been shit times too, but I've, I have never felt depressed mm-hmm. again since I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, until COVID, lol. But um, it was just like you're in that state where you're like you're so exhausted and you're so depressed that you don't want to change anything. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you kind of come to a spot where you're like, if I don't change anything, I'm not going to be here much longer. Mm. So that was like my whole whole dealing with mental health and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I know exactly how that person feels Mm -hmm. like I know exactly how miserable they are and how they don't know how to talk about it because I've been like in a bad spot for the last couple of months um in and out of it Mm -hmm. and I I haven't told anyone about Mm. but my sister because I don't want the stigma I don't want to tell I don't want people at work to know that I'm like not going through a good time, you know, mm. I don't want people to treat me differently. So I'm like, Oh, I just won't tell anyone, but mm-hmm. that makes it worse Yeah, because then you don't have support and you're not talking about it and you just feel worse. So yeah. it's like such a difficult spot because I want to try and talk about my story. And when I see people like Liam mental health sparky talking about his story, mm-hmm. it makes me so happy and mm. proud. Mm-hmm. because we all go through shit. Every single person on this earth in New Zealand, no matter how good your life is, you're going to have a shit spot at one point. And if you don't know how to deal with it, then it's going to be a shit spot 
for years or months or decades, you know, like Mm. you need the tools to figure out how to fix yourself. So when I'm feeling a bit down, like I'll go to the gym, I'll eat some good food. I'll do some self care. I'll hang out with some mates. I'll talk to someone. And usually I feel instantly better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just chemicals. Sometimes you haven't gone for an exercise in a while. Sometimes you haven't got out and just gone for a ski or done something you liked in a while. And it is just chemicals and it's not anything to do with your life in that point in time. No. So I just like really want to highlight that on my Instagram and really want to try and talk about it more and try and, you know, like end my own blocked walls about talking about it by going on here for example and being able to like explain things in length instead of you know a 10 second story because i feel like everyone's stories are so complex you can't fit it in a little screen you know Mm -hmm. a podcast is such a good opportunity to talk about something like that definitely yeah i wonder if if now there's a contrast between that old company and your new company in terms of (sighs) your work environment and and making you feel like hey you're not going home and feeling like shit and then obviously i wonder what if you have any kind of ideas on what what a ideal work environment looks like where those kind of problems aren't going to creep up again i mean we all have stresses at work we all have to perform um, our tasks well enough and and that can add on but you know i'm interested in what you said earlier about how you realize oh is this how men treat each other my gosh it's kind of brutal um (laughs) and it is kind of like that and i've found that throughout my career where um you're working your ass off every day and no one's got a nice word to say about any of it and you do that over and over again for weeks and weeks and weeks and you feel like well you know where's my value here what am i what am i doing Uh, no one's happy with no matter what i do it's never good enough. Yeah. Perhaps that's a feeling that a lot of people have or that you feel stuck in a job or in a certain place because of other commitments in your life where you just have to keep on grinding. And yeah, I think that yeah. that's something that people really need to keep an eye on. And, and luckily you kind of did yourself and, and finally got to the stage where you could say, hey, I'm going to make a change. But yeah, it's, um, it's pretty hard to do. And especially oh, to kind of talk about hard, it yeah. on site is like, Ugh. yeah a nightmare yeah <laughs> i because like for example uh, like as you said like what's the contrast between my old company and my new one mm. um massive difference like i get treated exactly the same as everyone else in my new company um you know we go out for a drink after work on a friday if we've worked long hours and the boys throw banter at me you know like <laughs> they're not afraid of me nor Will they, you know, be scared of me or, you know, or give me so much respect that they don't even talk to me and they leave me out of everything. Like Mm. they treat me like one of the boys, which means so much. And like, I can remember, for example, I had broken, I'd, I'd broken slash really badly hurt my wrist at work. And I was, it was, um, a few days into a prefabrication house that was a nightmare and I was trying to drill through stuff because I didn't want to like let the team down and not drill through stuff. So I was still drilling with my broken wrist at the time Mm -hmm. and I was in so much pain and I was just like emotional. I was just at my wits end. I was just having a real bad day and um, I didn't say anything, but 
my tradesman that I work with, Diego, he came up to me and he sort of like put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, you're all right, buddy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tears, you know, welling up in my eyes, like keep it together. Like you've never cried on site. Like don't cry on site, you know, just don't be a girl, suck it up. So <laughs> I was like tears welling up in my eyes and I was like, oh yeah, I'm all good. You know, that classic brush it off lie that we all do, you know, no yeah, worries here. She'll be right. And yeah. he looked at me and he knew like I was not, having a good time mm-hmm. and he and he just gave me a hug right. and it sounds so stupid and so crazy but that hug changed my whole day like he was like you you know i'm here for you you'll be right like you know put that smile on your dog kind of thing and like that that to me changed my whole bloody day mm. and that whole day meant so much to me because i was like not only does that tradesman care about my learning and how I'm progressing as an apprentice, he cares about me and mm. my emotional well-being as a person. And I was like, holy shit, like he's not just a tradesman to me, like he's a good dear friend. Mm-hmm. And that's just like unreal to have in the trades. And he went away and picked up some gear and he bought me back a hot chocolate from my favorite place. <laughs> And it was just like, it's such simple, stupid things that might be so cheesy to someone, but that totally just, I literally, I'm pretty sure I cried. Like I didn't let him see, but a tear (laughs) fell out of my eye because I was just broken that day and my wits end. And for him to just make those small gestures was like, holy shit, this is is all I've ever asked for. This is how I want the trades to be. You know, like we are changing. There is pro- progress. Like it is great to see. Yeah. And it, yeah, it just changed my whole outlook. And my company's like that all throughout my company. All the people who work from Wendy to Wes to Diego to all the people I work for, like they are incredible. I cannot thank them enough because they don't actually realize, but them just doing their jobs with a smile and being kind and doing the extra effort has. I will, yeah, it's just changed my whole apprenticeship completely. Mm. You know, mm. I went from coming home crying every day, being absolutely miserable to just not shutting up about how much I love my company yeah, and how great they are. You know, we've all joked about getting Nins for Life tattoos because I mean, we, I mean, a lot of us wouldn't, but I just think I really love that company I work for. Like Nins is just great. They're fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely when you get a good bunch of people together, the the camaraderie and in, in construction can be really awesome. You know, especially when we're spending more time with our workmates than we are with our friends and family and kids or whatever it may be. You know, you want to be able to get on and support each other. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome that you're in an environment yeah. where that's happening. It's um, yeah, it's it, I hope I hope it's not as rare as I think it is out there. So. I know. And like, if I could give any advice, it would be the way to everyone's heart is through food. So even if you just bought a big pack of perky nanas or like, you know, um, bring everyone some baking or something like it sounds so stupid, but it actually makes everyone's day. Cause if I remember a few times, someone's just offered me a chocolate bar or something, some sort of food at Smoko, it it breaks the tension and you're just so grateful and you just have a great day after that. You're like, oh, that guy's so nice. He's just given me like 
I don't know, like something, something small. It goes a long way. Kiwis and especially men, you know, the way to their heart is food. So that's why I bake for the guys on site so that they'll like me. It's like a (laughs) win-win. It's true. It's true. Just, just the other morning we we, were working out in the Wop Wops at the moment, building a house and um, I meet my apprentice at a crazy time and we both hop in the van and the other morning you had a hot chocolate for me and I almost lost it. I just thought it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Just, yeah, you're right. Just a wee, like a cheeky smoke o shout or something can just absolutely transform a whole week. Um, 100%. It's the small things, eh? Like we never really in the trades tell each other good job or, Mm. you know, you really, you made a lot of money for us on that job or, you know, your workmanship's awesome, good work, pat on the back, gold star. We never really get that. So if someone wants to give me um, a subliminal subliminal message, I can't even say that word, um, by giving me, you know, food, that Mm. is a way of, uh, you know, how men say thanks. True. Without having to, you know, perk up and have to get all emotional and say thanks. So I think it's quite funny when boys do that. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I know there's a saying that I've kind of always kind of gotten used to within construction and that if you don't hear anything, then you're doing okay. Um, You know, if you're getting yelled at and if you're getting shouted and screamed at by your workmates or your boss, then you're screwing up. But if everything's quiet, then you're doing a good job, which is kind of... um, not ideal, is it? I mean, you know, like we were just saying, the amount of work, like yourself, you're saying that you've had a busy couple of weeks and you're putting in big days and you're doing Saturdays and and yeah. if you can't even get a thanks at the end of that, it's, um, yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it is, it is great. The amount of times my bosses shouted me a drink after work and, like, th- they don't realise to me because I earn absolutely nothing as an mm. apprentice mm-hmm. um when they buy me that you know nine dollar pint or whatever i'm like wow oh my god this is so great like day made but yeah. for them it's nine bucks and they don't even care like they don't even see it but you know so even just looking out for your apprentices buying them a coffee you know doing giving them a drink whatever it is like it, it goes a long way so if you want to you know have a good apprentice and an apprentice who values you and wants to stay on and work hard for you because they're invested in you you know it's the way to their heart yeah buy them free stuff because <laughs> <laughs> we are poor <laughs> <laughs> i wonder um if you have any advice for the apprentices out there i mean you're kind of in it yourself at the moment but i wonder if you've been kind of passed on any any really good advice that stuck to you whether that be about the trades or the work environment or anything like that, that you would, that you would in turn pass on to other maybe first years or people in trade schools thinking about moving into, into the trades. Oh, that's like such a good question. And I always get asked this, but it's really hard because everyone's so individualistic, but Mm. the couple of things that I would recommend is like, be keen, be Mm. visibly keen. Like, if if someone says, hey, look, we're probably going to have to work late tonight. No worries. Nah, sweet as. We need to get this done. I'm part of this team. I'm not going to ditch you guys. We need to all pull in to get this done together. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of attitude that people want as an apprentice. They just want you to be keen to work and keen to back each other up. You know, like small things that I do 
um, that I think mean a lot to the boys is like, if we're working late mm-hmm. and they're fitting off something a bit complicated, like a neon sign we did the other week, like I will pack up all the boys gear for them. I'll have a big cleanup. I'll put everything in their vans, their jackets, their smoko bag, get everything sorted so that when they finish that, they can walk straight out the door mm. because you're an apprentice and your time is worth less than the qualified person. So if they can just get up and walk straight out the door and go home after working, you know, late night, whatever, that means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the small things people do notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I never try to complain about stuff. Like I definitely complain if I have to work late in summer and I want to go for a swim in the lake, but mm-hmm. um, you know, give and take, but yeah. you, you've just got to be keen for it. If you want to do this job, don't half-ass it, you know? If you don't want to do this job, don't do it. If you want to do a trade, just give your full effort. And I promise you the only difference between plenty of tradies is attitude. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I know plenty of builders that are average builders, not that great, but Mm -hmm. super good banter, love their job, keen to be there. And those are the guys who own businesses. And those are the guys who are doing great things in the industry. It's not someone who sits at home and reads over the actuals and reads over all the paperwork that um, is everyone's favorite guy on site mm. and who who they want for a job, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would just say, just have a good attitude and it's easier said than done, but God, it goes a long way. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Everyone, everyone who I ask that question says the same thing. Eh? And it, and it's true. The attitude, especially as a, an apprentice or an, as a first year, it's essential because like you say, you're not really bringing in much money for the company there. You're almost costing them. Um, and sometimes bosses like to rub that in your face a little bit, uh, which is no good. But um, yeah, if you can, if you can be keen and you know if you can turn up with your tools and and be early and be ready to go whenever you're needed um yeah you're gonna you're gonna get given better jobs you're gonna learn stuff you know if you're just kind of bumming around you're never gonna get taught those skills or a qualified person's never gonna give you the time of day to teach you something which is kind of why you're there and what you need to be doing so yeah attitude is absolutely key um Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because how many years have you been on the trades now? Um, I am in my seventh year building. Yeah. So yes. you would have seen, obviously, like it changed quite a bit with women coming in, and you know, like different sort of, I guess, attitudes towards women in trades. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's still not as common. So I'm I'm a builder, so I've worked with maybe two female. Um, carpenters in my time um, and not for long periods of time but there's definitely always I think there's always kind of been um, painters and plasterers um, especially I've worked with plenty of chicks um, in those kind of trades Um, yeah I don't know I think I can I can sympathize with what you say about the whole lion walking onto site and and guys are just like what Um, you know it's not even kind of meant in a bad way it's just um, especially in that all male environment, like a lot of guys are like, they'll go to work, they'll see men all day, they'll go home and maybe they have a partner and that's their exposure to the opposite sex and that's it. And when you go to work and you see a chick on site, it's like, whoa, 
what's going on? <laughs> it's nothing, you know, it's not like, oh, this shouldn't be happening or anything like that. It's just a bit of a shock. But yeah, I'm all for that not being a shock anymore. I, I think it's well and truly needed in the trades because, yeah, some of the chat can just get really punishing and repetitive when it's just males all the time. Um, so yeah, I yeah. always, I always enjoy working with females. Um, you know, especially there's a lot of females on the office side who are working really hard and, and doing good things. They're quantity surveyors, they're architects, 100%. um, you know, they're working for the trade merchants and they're working behind the scenes to help a lot of men and women on the kind of, on the coal face, if you will, get it done every day. So yeah, there's always been women in trades. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they say, I think there's a, there's a builder here in Christchurch who's, uh, quite well known. And he says there's always, um, a good hardworking woman behind every building company, um, <laughs> in the office plugging away and, Sorry, you know, bro. doing the payroll and making sure all the men are organized and where they need to be. So yeah, shout out to all the chicks in the offices who, who are getting it yeah. done as well, as well as, but yeah, um, I, yeah, I support anyone who wants to get out on the tools as well and give it a go. I really don't think that there's anything really in the, in the trades is in terms of physical work that women wouldn't be capable of doing. So yeah, it's just that whole thing of a lot of them just don't, I guess, don't realize it as an option um, because it's not pushed oh, to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a great job, man. Like you, you, if you like being challenged every day um, and really working hard, you know, and, and it's something I wanted to ask you actually about there's kind of a negative stigma about the trades, especially the practical side of it, of doing a job like yours and, and my own where it's kind of a, when you think about it um, historically, it's it's a place where you go if you kind of drop out of school or if you weren't good enough to go to uni, then yeah. I guess you're going to be a builder, aren't you? You know, like it's the second choice or it's, uh, oh, sorry, you, you don't fit into that category of you're an intelligent person. But um, yeah, I did yeah. okay in school and, and I, my, like you, I got UE and I had that option um, and I did some traveling as well. And then I came back and also kind of fell into carpentry and learned to absolutely love it. And I couldn't think of anything more difficult to do than being a builder, to be honest. It's an absolute challenge every day. I've been doing it for a few years and we build really kind of intense houses and, um, Man, I love it. It's yeah, I'm never bored. I never look at my clock and be like, Oh, I can't wait for smoker or unless I'm starving or, you know, oh, I can't wait to go home <laughs> like another day gone, thank God. You know, yeah. it's always interesting. It's always a challenge. So yeah, I think male or female, if you're looking to get in a job like that, then the trades are the way to go. And definitely what you said before about people thinking like trades is like if you drop out of school it's a job. Mm. It really frustrates me because I did great at school, you know, like I was head girl. I had great academics in my last final years of high school. You know, I learned Spanish. I play electric guitar. Like I've done all these things on paper that seem like I'm intelligent mm. and I still feel like my only place in the world that I was supposed to be was in the trades because I love it. I've just mm -hmm. made so many incredible friends it's the best thing I ever did and I just absolutely cannot recommend it enough. Like I'm pretty sure my friends get really annoyed with me because I'm like, I love my job. Look, look at the remarkables today. Look at Smoko today. You know, yeah. I'm just loving my life. Like, 
and yeah, I have shit days and stressful days, but usually it's nothing to do with work. It's, it's more like, you know, personal life. Mm-hmm. So I am just beyond, beyond grateful. And I always think about, you know, me as a young woman, like had I maybe, cause I always remember my dad used to say, you know, you'd be a great receptionist. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're so friendly and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a receptionist. I think it's a pretty cool job if I'm fair, but had I done that, I know in my heart, I would have absolutely hated it mm. because I hate sitting down. I'm such a go-getter. Like I want to go and run around and do stuff and pull cable and think about what I'm doing. Um, and so I'm just so, so fortunate that I didn't have any mental barriers to say, oh, you can't be a tradie. Yeah. You know? Like my parents, my I, my dad, oh my God. The day I said to my dad, dad, I'm going to be an electrician. He was the proudest I'd ever see him, <laughs> seen him in my life. Like he came to my graduation. He yeah. watched me give my like head girl speech, you know. He watched me, you know, go off to Europe and do tours with politicians and do all this charity work in Asia. Nothing, not a mm. blink. Mm. I, the day I say, dad, I'm going to be a tradie, like jumped off the couch and ran to Repco and bought me like a spanner kit. Like it was just <laughs> hilarious. Like, so that was super, super cool. So I'm very lucky. Like I've had the family I do who supported me because I never, not once thought, once I had decided to become an electrician. Mm-hmm. Not once did I go, oh, can I do this? Right. Like, is this something for me? It was like, no, I'm going to do it. It was not until I talked to other people who were like, uh, I don't really think you'll like it. Like, mm. you know, and they put doubts and fears in my head. So, I mean, if you think you want to do it, go for it. Because at the end of the day, you might do an apprenticeship for a, a few months. You might work in a hospital. You might go, oh, actually, I really want to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Or you might change a light bulb in um, a daycare center and go, actually, I really want to be an early childhood teacher. Like that was always my plan in the beginning. I was like, well, if I don't like this, I'll find out what I like on the way because I'm working at the meatworks and the hospital and a car automotive place. And like I had worked in so many different places that I Mm -hmm. was like, well, if, if I hate this, I'll find something, but I ended up liking it. So, you know, it all worked out. Yeah. I think yeah. most people who who start just end up staying there as well because it is such an engaging job. And I think that, yeah, that really shouldn't be undervalued. You know, you're, you're a long time working and if you can be engaged and, you know, um, challenged every day, um, yeah, that's, that's not to be thought of lightly. And, and, and like you say, you can kind of figure it all out on the way without a really big cost that might impact your life later say if you end up going to uni and you don't like any of it and you're 50 grand down by a couple of years in you know whereas especially right now um we should be getting paid from bciTO right now but um <laughs> yeah apprenticeships are free you know um yeah. why not do it you're getting paid you're learning um if you don't know what you want to do then there's plenty of challenges out there in the trades so Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, people laugh at me cause I say after I do my electrical apprenticeship, I want to do my building apprenticeship. Nice. Yeah. I just, I, my dream was always to be able to build my own house. You know, mm-hmm. I love the trades that much. I want to keep collecting them all. It's just like <laughs> jack of all trades, mum, but master of all of them now. So, yeah. you know, like one day I'll get there, but 
you know, like it's such a good industry. People are so positive. You know, we do have a struggle with mental health, but I think that's a universal problem at the moment, not just a trades problem. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I can't explain how awesome of a job this is. I get to wake up, I get to go and stand at the foot of Remarkables covered in snow today. And then I get to pre-wire a house with someone I like working with who has good banter. And then I get to have Smoko and look out across the lake. Like, yeah. it's just such a good lifestyle. You know, I'm not stuck in the office this every day, the same office. I'm not working with the same person every day. You know, I'm constantly meeting new people on new sites and it's just so engaging. It's so fascinating. You, you know, you're just always somewhere different. It's mm -hmm. never boring. It's just mm -hmm. such a good career. I just can't, <laughs> I will never shut up about how much I love my job. So I'm just lucky I found my passion in life, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I want other people to have that too. Absolutely. And I think you do a great job on Instagram of, of promoting that and sharing that. So, um, I think we'll, um, we will, we'll wrap it up there. If you wouldn't mind kind of just, um, well, wouldn't mind, um, you know, give your Instagram a bit of a plug and, and maybe share any kind of projects or ideas that you have coming up for the, for your page or, or anything <laughs> you want to talk about with that. It would be pretty cool. Um, my name's Brooke. Uh, I have an Instagram called Sparky Girl NZ. I chose that name specifically because girl is usually kind of, kind of has a connotation with things that are stupid and silly. Um, and so I was like, I want to make that an empowering thing that girls can be strong and dedicated and good at their job. So that's specifically why I chose the girl, the word girl instead of woman or chick. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been doing this for about a year now and it's been awesome. I love the people who message me, who come up to me and meet me in real life. So if you ever see me out, always come say hi and, you know, just, just go enjoy your life. And if you find a trade that works for you, jump on it. Don't let anyone stop you. It's just like, I just can't rate it enough. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Brooke. That's that's a great message. Thanks for thanks for your time today. Getting to know you has been has been quite fun, and and yeah, hopefully people go and um, follow you on Instagram and and keep up with what you're going to do next. So, yeah, cheers for that. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> All right, cheers. All right, thanks for listening, friends. If like me, you enjoy conversations about the love of building and creating, then please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much to Brooke for coming on and sharing her story. I really appreciate her perspective and her enthusiasm. I feel like it's exactly what we need in this industry. I can't wait to see what she does next and would encourage you to all give her a follow on Instagram at sparkygirlnz. Also check out the page at tool.box.talk.nz. Thanks again to you for your time and your support lately. It's been awesome. I have to shout out the community of tradespeople on Instagram. I'm pretty new to social media. I've been stoked to find a bunch of hardworking and passionate people putting out interesting and entertaining content on the gram. It's great to see the peer support on that platform and contrast that at least in my experience sometimes to your day-to-day -day where the general attitude is that the crew down the road are probably all cowboys <laughs> because at the end of the day 
the construction industry is a wee community of its own and I reckon the more we think of it that way, the more positive experiences and interactions we can have. People like Brooke do a great job at promoting that community spirit, which I really appreciate. She reached out to me and has been really supportive of the podcast, which is awesome. Uh, it's nice to know that people are listening. So you can follow me on Instagram at Chippaway Carpenter to keep up to date with what's happening on the podcast. I'm working really hard behind the scenes to get out the good yarns and kick off some other projects, which I'm really excited about. So stay tuned for that. Have a great week and until the next one, keep chipping away.